What is done in love is done well. This is Sincerely Yours, and I'm your host, Cece Denno. another episode of Sincerely Yours. The quotable was submitted by Courtney, who is my co-worker Steve's sister, and the quotable is, what is done in love is done well, and she actually had it on her business card because she has a little small business going um, that has done amazing, amazing things, and I do pull a lot of inspiration from her. So, while we are getting back to things for the podcast, I have been working hard on some different things, but I did promise that this would be episode two for Nikki, and so we had part one, and now on to part two. I've gotten such amazing feedback. I'm so thrilled that the first half of Nikki's story was received very well. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can always send me something, um, an email, sincerelyyours at writeme.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, at CC Knows It All. Send quotables just to get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. This episode is also sponsored by Nikki's company, Music in Motion Studios, LLC, where she does amazing, amazing things. I definitely recommend wanting to check her out. She can be found on Twitter, Nikki, N-I-K-K-I-D-P-Q, Instagram, Music in Motion Studios, and she's also on Facebook. So without waiting too much longer, let's move on to the second half of Nikki's story. Again, here I am, forgetting everything that I did for myself in high school trying to fit in somewhere right and it always came back to i had to fit in with alcohol and it just there's more to life than that it was now a few months later it was october of 2011 it's the month before i turned 30 the summer before that i was hanging out a lot with our friend kelly um, still drinking, but trying to cut back, but it was hard. But at that point, and Kelly will tell you this, uh, around the summertime, I kept talking as if I wanted to be single. Yeah. Um, I was done being tied to a marriage that was holding me back in every single way, personally and professionally. And financially. And financially. <laughs> and she always saw it coming. I had gotten a call from my father and he was asking me, you know, your 30th birthday is coming. What do you want for your birthday? And he's like, I want to, mom and I want to give you something that you've always wanted. And I said, you know, I don't know where this is coming from, but I want to learn how to dance salsa. <laughs> I don't know. I used to dance. I used to dance. Yeah. And we never had that type of style of dancing when I grew up. It was tap, ballet, jazz, hip hop, you yeah. know, kick line. But for some reason, I just 
wanted to do the Latin thing. I think at the time I was listening to a lot of Manu Chao. I was listening to a lot of Oz Motley. <laughs> my brother got me into these bands, and yeah. I think I'm going to blame my brother for all of it. Let's go ahead and, and blame I'll blame him. my yeah. brother yeah, yeah. For, for introducing me to amazing music, and it brought me to this, this world. And um, there were a couple of concerts that happened that summer. I spent a lot of time with Kelly and with my brother that summer with my brother's friends. And it was one of the best summers of my life because that was the time where my my former husband had gotten a real job and it took him a long time to get a full-time job. And it was a big battle and a big fight to even get him there. But at that point, it was like too late. But what it did was that I was alone for the first time in my life. He was always home. He and I had a company oh, okay. together. He was trying to make that go and he never really wanted to work full-time for anybody else and I was basically doing it all on top of trying to have a company with him so like I said I had no life I lost my 20s and when he was working on weekends he was on a retail schedule I had time for myself and I didn't the first like the first time in your life the first time in my life in a long time a lot of codependency in a lot of different ways and a lot of dependency on me financially Mm -hmm. So when I was alone, I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> and I spent a lot of time with my brother, who was just recovering from, from chemotherapy, from having cancer. And um, that hit me hard a lot. Um, my Cancer has been hit in my family a, a little bit. My, my aunt, my mother, and my younger brother. Yeah. And it, it was great to have that summer. It was one of the best summers of my life, just spending time with him and his friends. And his friends are like my brothers, and then Kelly was there. So it was just like, it was the perfect summer. Yeah. Um, so I was preparing for getting ready for that type of life again and being single and doing what I want because I didn't have that choice to do what I wanted. Yeah. So the salsa thing was a part of it. Right when I started, I started right in September, you know, right when summer was over. And... I had a little bit of a scare. Um, there was something wrong. I thought I was getting a lot of pain uh, in left breast area. And um, it was jabbing at me for a bit. And I went to Dana-Farber because I, I was always pushing to try to get breast imaging. And as a young person, it was very hard to do that. Yeah. Even with my mom's history, my aunt's history, and then my brother you know, being diagnosed at 25, um, I was going crazy over that and everything worked out fine. Everything looked good. But what I learned in my doctor appointment, they said to me that, you know, there's no, we don't have the genetic mutation, thank God, but it, it could be reasons of, um, genetics are a part of it. There is hereditary things that can happen, even though you don't have that gene, uh, but it's also environmental. She said the three biggest things that you have to look out for is your weight, how much exercise you get and most importantly how much you drink really she said that one drink increases your risk i forget the percentage but it was a pretty shocking percentage and that was finally enough to scare me straight so at that point i was trying to cut back on the pot but i was replacing it with the drinking so i was still very heavy with the drinking so and i remember you got really really thin Oh, I got thin after the divorce. After the divorce. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I got really thin. That's just from stress. And then I had stopped. Um, 
But I remember telling my mom right after that appointment. I didn't even say that in a bad. Oh no. Right. no. Well, I mean, that, <laughs> trust me, I knew I was like Skeletor yeah. at one point. But I remember telling my mom that uh, my 30th is coming. They were coming up. You met them. Yep. The big party was happening. It was a two day event. And I said, on my 30th, we're going to go nuts. There's going to be a lot of drinking. There's going to be pot there, I'm sure. I'm going out with a bang because after this, I think I have to be done. And I'm just going to celebrate it that way. I've I've had my time with those substances and that lifestyle. Life is too precious to me. My body is too precious to me. Um, I think seeing firsthand what was going on with my brother mm-hmm. also played a huge role in that. And also going back to my time with with Naranon, it was it was the only move that made sense. And I knew that my divorce was coming and I needed to be clear headed. I didn't want anything clouding my judgment. I didn't want anything stopping me anymore. And I wanted to look at life without the manipulation because I at that point knew what manipulation was. Well plus with the milestone, yeah. It's definitive. Yeah, you have this marker in place. You're thirty. <laughs> you are thirty. I mean, I'm, I'm you are now an way. adult. <laughs> yeah. You need to go that's forward. When, that's when you are an adult. And that was the decision. And I made it very quietly with my mom, but I really didn't tell anybody else. Everybody else just saw me stop, and it freaked them all out all of them the amount of judgment that i have received they didn't understand it they didn't look that they didn't look at me as if i had a problem and it may not have looked at that to them but to me it was they thought that i was quitting for somebody else that i was you know interested in at the time when i did that so um, it's very accusatory it was very accusatory and uh, it was all about timing. People didn't really understand and they didn't realize that I had stopped drinking until maybe a month after I had actually stopped. Oh, so they don't even notice. No. Because I hadn't, that and I hadn't gone out with them. I just, mm-hmm. what I ended up doing was I replaced all the addictions that I had with drinking and everything else. And I dove, I dove in to the salsa dancing. I, rem- I remember it was multiple nights. Oh, week. week weeknights <laughs> I was going. Weekends, weeknights. I you became. extended uh, offers, invitations. Oh, yeah. Oh, I came. I remember I came one night. Did you really? I came to Fire and Ice. When did you come to Fire and Ice? It was when Kelly and I were going. I remember um, Kelly going. I don't remember you going. Because <laughs> I, I left. I, I remember I left. Was I performing Early. that night? You performed that night, yeah. 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 So, yeah, that happened, too. I, You're I... wearing white, like, all white. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that was that was in the middle of it. That was maybe a little bit after the fact. Um, wow. Okay. So, yeah. So, the salsa, I don't know if people realize this who live in the greater Boston area, but Boston Cambridge has, I think, the most amazing... Latin dance scene in the country and people who 
have left Boston that are part of that scene, they'll go somewhere else. I'm like, oh, it's really cool here and all, but it's not like Boston. It's not like the Boston scene. So I don't know what it is about this area. Um, There were people on my team that were from India, from all parts of Asia, Sweden, all these kinds. I mean, Matilda, Matilda. But the, the thing is that it put me in a world of amazing people that supported each other it was the it still is the friendliest environment that i've ever been in there was no judgment of anybody or anything yeah there's inside politics because it's run basically by by one guy right? no it's oh. all it's 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 the salsa scene is run by many different schools there's a ton of dance schools around here i started with salsa mate now i'm with masakote but there's others. There's salsa y control. There's there's a ton of them. Even in Central Mass, there's a ton of them. Yeah. But we all come together yeah. all the time at all these socials, and everybody loves each other. And it seems like such a big group, but it's also a small group at the same time. But the positive nature of everyone. You would dance with a stranger that you'd never met before in your life, and after the end of that dance, they're like an instant friend a lot yeah. of the times and yeah. it's it was the most amazing experience and I got so deep into it and I had noticed that when I was there not many people drank alcohol well because they're too busy dancing they're too busy dancing and if they did they probably dehydrate and faint <laughs> it gets hot in there it does get very hot especially in Barnes. Yeah. yeah and um my very first night in the scene was before I made the decision to stop drinking it was two months before or no I'm sorry, no, it was a month before. And my first dance um, was with this guy and had no idea who he was. He was introduced to me by a mutual friend of ours. He was part of the dance team. I was just coming out into the scene, so I didn't know anybody, and he was my first dance. Let's take a quick break for a reminder that this episode was sponsored by Nikki's company, Music in Motion Studios. She also submitted a quotable to me, and it goes... Your entire life changes the day that you decide you will no longer accept mediocrity for yourself. When you decide that today is the most important day of your life and now matters more than any other time because it's who you're becoming each day based on the choices you are making and the actions you're taking that is determining who you are going to be for the rest of your life. Let's get back to the show. I was going out almost pretending as if I was single and I was still married at the time but I needed to meet new people I needed a new life I needed a new world and yeah I almost used it I did use it as an escape because I needed to know what else was out there right, right. I was so kept in for so long and the first dance was one I always remembered I'm like man who's that guy <laughs> <laughs> I need to find that guy who's that guy <laughs> didn't see him again until maybe a month later at this point I'm in the scene and um, I had just made the decision to stop drinking and I saw him again. Didn't really get to talk to him until after my birthday and started hanging out with him more. And he was really the guy that I always was looking for. He was cut from the same cloth and, um, Italian family upbringing, professional, you know, does a lot for himself and does a lot for other people doesn't ask for anything and this guy ended up becoming my future husband but what I had come to find out um I want to say 
a month after we started actually hanging out and getting to know each other, I didn't know, but he didn't drink at all, period, for a lot of other reasons, um, which we won't go into, but he doesn't drink, period. And I was like, whoa, there are other people that don't. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I felt almost ashamed for a while that I was stopping this habit because everybody did it. But then I started getting introduced to other people. I had friends of mine that I had worked with that were also in the salsa scene that don't drink. And I had no idea. So it, it proved to me that there was more to life than that. So that, I think, helped me stick with that decision of let's just keep going with this. I think that scene, the salsa scene, because I started in the fall and it led up to everything happening in you know the wintertime at that point where I was ending the marriage that I had, it, that world gave me the confidence little by little to do the right thing for me. So the salsa was all about doing something for me. And that's what the whole 12 steps was about with Naranon is putting the focus back on yourself and doing things for you. So moving forward from there, I continued with that environment and get out of the marriage, which was really, really tough. And that's when I lost a lot of weight because of the stress yeah, and the moving. It was, moving. It was a, you know, look, even when it's a good thing, when you're making a very tough decision like that and it's a major life change, is draining even when it's the right thing for you. Yeah, and salsa saved my life um, in a lot of ways. And it all dominoed to today. And every year I kept focusing on different things. It took me a long time to get used to having a guy in my life that would do things for me. I wasn't used to being, you know, quote unquote, taken care of. Um, I couldn't accept it. I didn't think I deserved it. That's how much the manipulation from before and the almost the, you know, somewhat a, a abusive, not, you know, more emotionally abusive. You know, that's what that did for me is that I didn't think I deserved anything good. And it took me that first year to allow that. Then the second year to start standing up for myself and standing up for what I believe in, whether it was in the job and especially the, um, the the quitting of alcohol and there would be new people that I would meet anybody who's in our network that's in the salsa scene they're my closest friends at this point they never question a thing they don't even ask they don't even you know it's just it's a matter of fact thing a lot of the salsa um friends that I've had they don't even remember me drinking at all because I didn't when I went there because I would again dehydrate and pass out (laughs) so the salsa replaced all that but (laughs) I dehydrated a different way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was that was year two, year three. Yeah. So the the two and the three was doing stuff that I wanted to do again. I started writing music again. I started getting. I started your company. Started the company. I had a company before doing the same thing, but I it never was the way I wanted it to be. So I started working on that. The one thing that was very important to Matt was that I care of myself and was able to stand on my own two feet after what I'd been through and go my own way at the same time and it took me a while to feel like I was okay to do that I didn't have the confidence to do that and I think the salsa world just by osmosis gave me that that so much confidence and Matt did a lot of that too and there was a lot of 
a lot of conversations for a very long time to get me into a place where I can drive my own life. Um, and today I, I, I quit my job, you know, um, I gave like your two weeks. I gave them a month actually. I gave them a month. That's very courteous of you. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, you got 12 years, I guess. You're gonna yeah, I could give month. him another week. <laughs> yeah. I could give another week. But in the end, you know, going back to standing up for what you believe in and having the confidence, going back to the judgments, you know, even now I'll meet new people. And of course you meet them in a social scene um, where you're going out to a bar and there are people still in my network that are part of me in some way i'm not going to express how but some of them are threatened by the fact that i don't drink it's all about ego i read this book uh called alcohol lied to me by craig beck and i'll put that in the show notes oh yeah Yeah, so i'll put a yeah so alcohol lied to me by by craig beck and i actually had the pleasure of talking to to greg very quickly through email i read this book this past year i had already been out of it for for four years, I already had been out of this. I, I got this book through a friend of mine who realized that he had an issue with wine. Um, he didn't even realize it until it was brought to him through family drawings, you know? So it. Oh, I know. Yeah. So I started reading this book and it was, it's written to the person who is just making the decision to quit drinking. So I already had done that. What this guy has done for me is it almost validated that, I'm seeing the world in a different way than everybody else is because alcohol is socially acceptable. It's part of the norm. There's a class that goes with it, especially with wine. There's wine tastings, there's sommeliers, there's this, there's that. Um, and my best friend's a sommelier. I don't, you know, I don't have an issue with it. It's just part of the main society. But when you go against it, immediately there are questions. Why The very first one, you don't drink? Why? Nope. Like at all? No. No. <laughs> well, what do you do? <laughs> what? <laughs> do you miss it? How do you function? <laughs> How do you, you know? How do you stand so, in front of me? The questions that I get are asinine. It's great. There was one that I, I couldn't believe that this was asked to me. I'm planning my wedding, getting married next year. And there's a whole big conversation of what I'm going to do with my marriage. You know, with my wedding, are you having a dry wedding? Is it a cash bar? Is it open bar? You know, of course I'm not going to have a dry wedding. People wouldn't show. <laughs> I know who, show. I know who I'm catering to. <laughs> Kelly and I will be there, so. Yeah, you know, I, come on. But uh, there was one question that was asked me of, are you doing a champagne toast at your wedding? And I said, yeah, of course we are. You know, we're, you know, we're going to have a champagne toast for everybody and we'll do something. That, and they're like, no, 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 no. Are you going to drink? Are you going to have champagne? And I'm thinking, why would I compensate myself on a choice that I made to better myself? And it was the first time that I felt like I was in the right place where I had the confidence to say, of course not. <laughs> of course not. Why would I do that? Why would you think that? You know? Yeah. Um, so that's the type of weirdness that I, that I get. But a couple of books that I want to throw out there. Obviously, if you're, if you're in the realm of even thinking about quitting drinking and are afraid the alcohol lied to me is... Would it be okay if people reached out to you? Oh, yeah. If, if they come to me? I'm say... very sensitive about addiction because of everything. Yeah. And I've become 
a stronger person because of my history with it as a family friend member that has dealt with it. And I've dealt with it not realizing that I was dealing with it. Yeah. Um, but that one for sure, um, don't ever compensate yourself. And there's one thing that I did want to share um, okay. in this book. Uh, and it's talking about a wedding. And this guy, this author also does photography for this wedding. And um, you can tell at the end of the ceremony, the bride's all, you know, like, whew, okay, good. Um, basically saying that she needs, you know, some sort of drink or champagne. And I guess uh, from what it looks like in this book, I forget who said it to her, but um, I guess the the wedding planner's like, forget the champagne, love. I think it's time for something a little bit stronger and, you know, gives them whiskey. And Craig Beck is just thinking, excuse me, but why at the happiest moment of your life to date in the precise moment that you had planned and prepared for over several years in this moment where all of your dreams come true, why would anybody in their right mind knowingly gulp down an anesthetic that dulls their ability to experience reality? And that was the wake-up call for me of I'm seeing reality very, very differently because I don't do any of that. So it just puts me in a little bit more of a, of a different realm where I just I kind of rose above the social norm and it was people feel threatened they do people feel very they feel very threatened um but i got to a point where i stopped caring Mm -hmm. (laughs) about what everybody else thinks but this is this is like 18 year old you after doing the the orchestra it's like you know i went in the right i went back to who i was before everything before i before the marriage before that relationship of that marriage um and I had to look at myself very differently. I thought very poorly of myself. I didn't think I deserved things. Um, my fiance turned me to a book called uh, Mindset by uh, Carol Dweck. And it's all about looking at life in two different ways. You either have a fixed mindset um, or a growth mindset. And they go through that very, very deeply. And I was able to recognize when I was having what type of mindset. You're going to have a fixed mindset about certain things. It's normal. But... I can recognize it now. And books like that, in my household now with Matt, we are really, really um, huge on professional and personal development. And it's awesome. And I recommend that for anybody, whether it's a podcast like this one that you listen to, read books. You know, Mindset is one of my favorite ones. I recently finished 10% Happier by Dan Harris. Um, that one is an amazing book too. And, and this Van- and other podcasts you listen other po- to oh other podcasts human. yep becoming a superhuman is my new favorite podcast <laughs> and that by? um Jonathan Levy I think yeah I'm terrible yeah. with the name <laughs> and now I'm attempting to listen to uh, news in slow Italian uh, podcast which is another interesting <laughs> <laughs> endeavor endeavor but I guess to bring it all back together to today. You're going to have challenges in your life. You're going to have people that um, make you think that you're doing the wrong thing when deep down you know it's the right thing for yourself. And don't ever question what you're doing for yourself. Stand up for yourself. Don't be afraid to do it. Who cares what people think? Because otherwise you're only holding yourself back. And that's the hard thing that I had to learn. I always worried about what everybody else thought. And I got offended when people close to me 
were judging me and certain decisions that I made from myself. And after a while, I had to remember that I'm happy with what I've done. So that's the advice I have for people. Read, read a lot, read as much as you can, get into your own personal and professional development, whatever that means, whether it's therapy of some way. I still see a therapist a couple of times a month. Um, it's just good to have something to bounce off of, but inspire yourself, get inspired by other people. Don't settle for the norm. Just finishing up. I'm so glad that Nikki came on the show to share her story and for being so brave to talk about the things that she wanted to talk about. I'm so glad that the podcast can be a safe platform. If you wanted to come and share, please reach out to me. I know I may offer many, many times, but hopefully it'll stick. Um, even if it's about anything, I, I just love to help people. Um, so again, that's sincerely yours at writeme.com. Also Instagram at CC Knows It All, but I look forward to being in touch. Thank you.